0: The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at Network.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and you are listening to the Crowncast, and it's a post-react for Charlotte FC going to, quote, play football against Montreal, and I might sound a little different. For anyone who knows me personally, they might know that I've been having some computer issues, and we've been doing some interesting workarounds to try and make sure we get episodes out for you. Uh, but today, much like Charlotte FC, the computer just decided not to show up. Just completely said, "You know what? No, that's that's not what we're going to be doing today." But thankfully, a couple of very good people did show up, and that is Ewan. Hello, Ewan. Hello. And also Michael. Hello, Michael hey there so because of the nature of this particular uh setup and because of the way that it's just sort of been dominoes down the hill uh, i'm gonna go to you and i'm gonna ask Ewan: and do you feel like we should even do crowns today
1: <laughs> yeah um I don't think I don't think there's uh, if we're doing one each, I don't think we can get to three. So probably not going to be probably not going to be worth the time of doing that. And I also don't think people will be in the mood to uh, to consume positivity. It seems like that's not the uh, not the mood at this point. (laughs) It's not very celebratory at the
0: moment. Um, So let's go over to Michael and Michael. Should we do one card a piece or two cards a piece? Let's go ahead and do two. I think that is more than fair. Yeah, I think there's plenty. I think we could have put three cards a piece on the table. I think we could have put six cards a piece on the table, but I didn't do that because I felt like maybe that was a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> it's a post-react. I'm sure you can hear the frustration in my voice, and I hope you, the listener, the beautiful, beautiful listener out there, is uh, is less frustrated, or at least is listening to this at a time where you've managed to process. And move on, but we're gonna get right into it. And you, and who are you looking at for your first card?
1: Uh it's a uh, it's a lot of choice. Um, yeah. I I, <laughs> I feel like to kick it off, and this is probably a little bit of a layup. This is someone who has obviously become a big um, point of uh, of of you know people's ire uh, throughout the season. Uh, Bill Tuiloma seems like a, a good yep. place to start off. And this is, it's a little bit double-edged because he didn't play well tonight. He's had some, you know, he he had some struggles early on where it was like, yep, yep they, they've definitely targeted in their game plan that they're going to go for him. That side is going to be what they're going to target. And he struggled with that. But it's also the double-edged uh, thing of, of course, he's going to struggle with that because he is not really a right back. <laughs> And that almost gets to kind of the height of the problem is that he played there, he had a bad game, he struggled out of possession, he struggled in possession. But, you know, it, it's it's not like I imagine some of these cards where we're very disappointed in the performances from some of these players. I think this was something that a lot of people would have expected, that he would have struggled like this in this game. Um, and it becomes uh, even more frustrating Um and, and you know, we'll get on to some of the bits of the game where, you know, we have the uh, Carujo injury where he comes off and that seems like an easy g- time to say, OK, Tuiloma, you go into the middle, play centre-back. Jalen Lindsay, you go out to right-back. Everyone's in their positions. But they stuck with him at right-back. I don't know what they, you know, I don't know what it is in particular that they they want out of him at right-back, but they seem pretty pretty set in their ways of having him there. But it's not worked. Um, in this game, so yeah, that seems like a pretty easy place to start off, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good one to start off in. I don't, I don't know whether they felt like having, what was it, some thirty-two minutes of play, where Bill Tui Loma had essentially been roasted and destroyed by every single Montreal player on the pitch, including the goalkeeper. I, I don't know if they felt like they had enough data. To be like, maybe he shouldn't be a right back. You know, like maybe they said, look, we need him to get beat by thirteen players, not eleven. And maybe we need Montreal's coach to go out to that side and and create some really good attacking chances. And once that happens, <laughs> maybe we have enough data. And like I said, I'm I'm a little feisty, so uh, guys, <laughs> rein me in. I, I this guy is it, the the situation on this side is untenable now. I mean, it's it's bad. It's clearly showing the results that I don't think we, we can expect to see any different. I think this is what it is. And you can put that on Bill Tui Loma, You can put that on Christian Latanzio for playing out of position. Uh, you can put that on Zorin or whoever you want to put it on. It's not working and it needs to change. And there comes a point where I have, I have the feeling where you have to say, this is on Christian Latanzio. This is not Bill's problem. But the truth is, at this point in time, I don't know that Bill is good enough to handle any of the other roles I would immediately give him. I, see, I just see him getting beaten too much. And that's in the heat of the moment. But I think it's more than fair. Michael, you want, you want in on Bill?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it's safe to say now that we have enough data to see that he doesn't quite work at right back and perhaps he for me he doesn't even really work at center back Um and I'm right there with you um, I don't think you need any reigning in I think he had a not so hot performance and I look back on his season so far and it's it's really hard to uh recall any or many good moments it's really just uh mistakes and errors leading to goals and dangerous moments, own goals, deflections, positioning errors, just just all of it. And it's it's just not looking good and I think it's worth mentioning on the first goal as well. Uh that was it was sort of an unlucky situation. I know the ball kind of bounced around in the 6 yard area there but it was Apoku po- a who poked it in and um it was he was Bill's man uh and when you when I rewatched it a couple times uh it was Bill's man and Bill was not close enough for me he was not goal side Apoku was in the perfect position to collect it collect the rebound and put it in the back of the net ask Kalina but I do feel like Bill could have been more aware of the situation and perhaps a more talented center back does better there to sort of anticipate in that moment that anything can happen. Hey, this guy is dribbling from the opposite wing into the box. There's two guys running in. He's going to square it across as hard as he can. Uh, I need to be in the best possible position to react to the unpredictable and he was he was just a couple paces behind uh I'm right there with y'all he definitely is deserving of the card
0: 100%. Yeah, and I think for time's sake today what we'll do is we'll take the first 3 and we'll really dig in and the next 3 we'll kind of make super quick ones. I am going to go ahead and I am going to to jump on on the train here for my card and i'm going to do i'm going to do scott Arfield, and a lot of people may not love that a lot of people may not you know immediately want to say this guy's not good enough i don't know in the in the mental space i'm in right now i just want to be like this guy's not good enough but he does have a lot of good qualities the one that annoys me is i came in watching ashley westwood really closely. If you've listened to last pods, I've been saying, I'm really trying to understand everything Ashley does when he's out on the touchline, when he's in the middle, Ashley was working his butt off today. Ashley was everywhere. Ashley was always running to be available for the next pass. He was always trying to create options for his teammates. And every time he would run and make that, 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 that effort and that challenge and that desire to go create, he'd pick his head up and there would be nothing, no one in any direction. Every single completed pass he made was some incredible chip ball that he had to chip two people to land the ball at the feet of somebody who didn't even know it was coming. And that's strong words, but other people, and I'm kind of using Scott as a, a general buildup problem for this team. Other people have to play off triggers, Right. If Ashley Westwood is going to be the guy who goes and creates options, other people have to be moving before he's got the ball. Right? You can't wait for him to have the ball and then go, well, I guess if I if I start to move now, he can hold on to it for five minutes and then pass it to me once I find some space. No, the moment you see Ashley go, you have to go. And one of the things I really expected when scouting Scott Arfield was that he was going to be really good at that. The thing that came out of scouting him was he's going to be able to find the space before anybody else. He's going to move into a position that he is going to be there to be a release ball for Ashley Westwood, that he doesn't have to do something crazy. And he wasn't. He just wasn't. He was not available. He, uh, I'm not going to say he was marking himself out of the game, but whether he was too focused on his defensive responsibilities and not enough on his ability to transition... Whatever it was, I did not see the guy I want to see, and I saw a player working very hard in our midfield with just
1: no options. So, Ewan? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting that you point out to the fact that it seems he he wasn't really getting involved because, because this goes to the idea of, you know, what are the players wanting to do versus what are they being instructed to do tactically? Um, and, and our field... It seemed in this game is playing a role that we've seen similar to uh, to what uh, you know Ben Bender has played before, where he is a midfielder, but his role is is to get up high uh, up the field, sort of play between the lines, be supportive of the striker, um, and and kind of play away from the early build up stuff, which you know can work if your build up stuff is sorted and is sound and is working um but when it looks like it did today you think about a player like him like you said that the 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 time that you spent uh doing that scouting and and looking at the qualities that he had and thinking in a game like this okay you come in with a certain game plan but would you not think to adjust it at some stage you know you get 30 minutes in we can see two goals quickly our build up isn't good and you think okay we've got Scott Arfield here who can play a little bit deeper connect the play a little bit more drive with the ball a little bit more um and just help us out generally so that we can get higher up the pitch, get Sviderski involved, get Jozviak involved, get Vargas involved. And no, he just kind of stayed in that in, in that role that I mentioned there, just kind of playing pretty high up the field. And yeah, it ultimately ended up with him not having much of an impact on the game. So uh, n- not to make it a thing that we card a player and then immediately kind of talk about why it's it's kind of on the coaching staff. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it, I think that, that's, that, that's the, the thing that has to be considered with Scott Arfield's performance today. It's almost that, that tough distinction of, okay, are they hiding from the play or are they being told to position themselves in a certain way uh, by the coaching staff? It's, uh, yeah, it certainly seemed that way to me that he was intentionally playing further up the field to, uh, to play that role that we've seen before in this team. Okay, let's let's move on to Michael
0: really quick and then Michael will get your card.
2: Sure, yeah. On our field, I didn't notice him a whole lot. And I think sometimes you can use that as a compliment to a player like a 6 or a, a CDM when you say, you you know, I didn't really notice them this game. That means that your, your 6 might be doing something right. But when it comes to his role, the 8, sort of that a- attacking left-sided 8, I do want to notice you a little bit more, and it's it's not a compliment. In this case, I didn't notice you because you weren't contributing a whole lot going forward. I think what I've seen from Arfield so far is that he is a relatively safe player. I haven't taken a look at the stats, but I, I don't think he lost possession of the ball all that much. But at the same time, he didn't really do a whole lot with the ball. And I do think when Bender did come in at that role at the left eight that he's used to, I mean, he didn't have a, a fantastic game either by any means. But when he did come in, I finally noticed those off the ball attacking runs that you're talking about in behind into that space that, that Ben Bender loves and we're so used to seeing him get into uh, so when he did come on I did feel like he was one of those guys that when somebody else like, like you, the Westwood had had the ball that he was one of those guys moving around and trying to anticipate uh, what he was going to do with it so not the best game from our field and I think it's a worthy card yep
0: So let's let's go ahead and we'll tack. We'll do we'll do three more cards, uh, sort of really quickly. Well, no, Michael, we still need one from you. Yeah, that's right.
2: Um, so my first card will go to Kalina, and I I don't believe I carded him the last time I was on the pod. I think I think you had actually crowned him, and I wasn't sure how I felt about that. But I, I mentioned that he was. Not so great at his decision-making. And I think that was on display again tonight for the second goal. Uh, It's not entirely on him. It is definitely on our back line for somehow getting smoked by one simple ball over the top. I I believe it came all the way back from their goalkeeper over the top uh, to their number nine, who just smoked by our center backs. And uh, got onto the ball, got around Kalina and put it into the back of the net. But it was again one of those situations where it, it it really did look like Kalina could have had done something more. He could have come out and rushed that ball. Either, and he got caught in between two minds once again. You can you can see it in uh, his his body language, and he he's not. He's not sure whether he wants to come outside the box and charge it because as the ball is bouncing towards him at first and the the striker is running onto it, the ball is outside of the box. So I kind of saw a moment where he didn't decide if he wanted to come out of the box because out there he can't use his hands. And well, what's he going to do? He doesn't know what to do. So he waits for it to bounce some more to enter his box. But... By that time, the striker is all over it and easily slips it past him. And we're kind of left with this awkward-looking, flailing Kalina in the air, flapping his arms around because he failed to react to the situation in the first place. Uh, So I felt he could have done a lot better there. And there were also a few moments of distribution that I wasn't happy with. Uh, I know early in the game, he had a few moments where he we would try to build up, deep in the back, and he would uh, make a pass or two that I wouldn't have recommended straight into, say, Carujo or one of our center backs, and we very quickly lost possession. And... Also, even when he does go long and he just boots it to be safe, even those are not accurate. A lot of those are, are whiffs going to nobody or going out of bounds. So it's really not been fun for me to watch him recently. And I, I will say I believe I am officially at the point with Kalina where I would view goalkeeper as one of our biggest uh, transfer needs
0: at the moment. Yep. Yeah. I think one thing that you say there is that goalkeeper is a transfer need is probably pretty astute. I don't know that this team has better than Kalina. And I've been really frustrated with that because his failings are obvious and we know about them. It's not like this is a surprise, right? This is all stuff we've seen a hundred times before. And what he is, is a very good shot stopper. And I don't know that we have anyone in the squad who is better than just a very good shot stopper. But it's definitely not a good performance from Kalina. And you're right in saying that not only can he not build up from the back, he also can't distribute long. So if he's going to kick it long, we're giving the ball away. And if he's going to distribute short, we're kicking the ball away right in front of our net. And neither one of those things feels good, Ewan.
1: Yeah, I, I think the transfer thing is apt because I, I've been critical of cleaner uh, before, but at the same time, you know, you know, two things could be true. I've been critical of cleaner, but also he is the goalkeeper on this in this squad that I would start because, like you say, of those uh, the, those benefits you get from his shot stopping. I think the book is kind of written on Kalina at this point. I think you kind of understand what he is. He's he's not got great presence of coming out and dealing with those long balls uh, in that space between the defensive line and himself in goal. Uh, and his distribution isn't very good, um, but he has that shot stopping ability. So ultimately, if you're going to play him in goal, you have to work around it a little bit better. You need to play the defensive line a little bit uh, further towards him, drop it about you know maybe ten or fifteen yards deeper to help with that space for those long balls. Um, yeah, I think at this point, if you're going to go with him in goal, you have to work around it. You have to make sure that there's good build-up players around him uh, to help with that short uh, distance build-up, um, which, again, that goes to transfers. Uh, and you have to adjust the uh, height of the defensive line because he's not very good at coming out and dealing with those long balls that we saw earlier. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think I think, it's, uh, I think it's fair points that, that you've has been made there on Kalina. So I'm going to take host
0: privilege on the second one. And like I said, let's do these really quickly. Um, I'm going to pull a card and I'm going to give it to whoever is supposed to be making sure our players stay fit. And I don't know if that's Chris, if that's Christian Lantanzio. I don't know if that's Christian Fuchs. I don't know if that's Zoran, who's supposed to have, as the sporting director, put in a, a program to ensure their fitness. But the truth is, if you look across our squad, how many people are injured? Or have been re-injured or have been re-injured twice if you look at our defending how many defenders i mean we played a kid today and guzman carujo who was supposedly back comes out injured again dj is injured again i mean at this point in time is jan Sobaczynski the only fully fit defender in in the squad
1: who is considered a centre-back
0: now that Bill Tuiloma is playing out on the right? Ewan, is there another one I'm missing? <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, the Andrew Privet disrespect right now. <laughs> I mean, he's not even a, full, he's not even a full-time uh, centre-back, I don't believe. I believe he's quite versatile as well as a player, so maybe he he doesn't even count. I think he's a midfielder uh, by, by first trade, so yeah, he doesn't even count, I suppose, either. So yeah, I, I guess he is. We have... We have injury problems
0: swathing across our back line. And maybe that problem is because we can't defend and we're asking defenders to go into dangerous situations. Maybe that problem is because we're playing on turf and the, or we weren't playing on turf today, but we normally play on turf and that builds up stress injuries in players. And if that is the case, maybe it is on, uh, you know, the leadership of this club. But whoever is responsible for the health and fitness of these players, we, I don't know if we need to pull in some new data. But it's very, very rare that in one position like this, you just see injury after injury after injury. Sometimes you'll see two in a row. Sometimes you'll see three in a row, but four, five, six plus, and then swaths of injuries across other positions in the field. And sooner or later, you just have to say, is this just bad luck? Or is there some data behind this that means we're not training or treating our our players uh, appropriately? Uh, Ewan, real quick thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think the turf definitely becomes a point of conversation. In that we spoke about it before that not only are we playing on turf that athletes generally don't like, but our turf has been regarded as as a bad version of turf um, by uh, by certain players <laughs> in uh, in in the game and in sport at large. So yeah, that definitely contributes as well. Enzo Capetti, I think, is relevant to this conversation as well with his injuries. Um, yeah, it's definitely something where I think it's gone beyond, you know, we're having a bit of bad luck, and maybe something that should be looked at with a bit more, um, you know, sh- should be considered a little bit more as is there a, a bigger problem here that that needs fixing?
0: Yeah, let's uh, Michael, any quick word on uh, this? Or... Just
1: get some grass, that's all. Yeah,
0: just grass <laughs> today on just get grass. Uh, yeah. quote every Charlotte FC. Uh, all right. Really quick, Ewan, who's your who's your second card?
1: Um ooh, it's a tough one. Um I think I'll give a second card to uh to, to Kerwin Vargas. And this will partly be because I think of him quite a lot of him as a player. Um I just think that first half was, was quite poor. I think I I mentioned there that we had a lot of forward players who who were were struggling to get into the game. I I, I name-checked Arfield as one of them off the back of the of your card. I said Swiderski as well, Joswiak. I think I mentioned Vargas in that as well, but I do think Vargas did actually, in fact, get some opportunities on the ball to maybe make some uh, make something happen, and it didn't really happen for him. Um, and, yeah, him getting taken off at half-time, uh, I don't know, I maybe put a little bit more trust in him because of what he's done so far this season over, over Joswiak, or at least recently what he's done. But I get it because that first half it, it was just it was very poor from him. It, it there was a there was just a lot of, of basic stuff that he was he, he was not um executing properly, had some opportunities where he wasn't taking full advantage of them. And yeah, this is more a card based off, you know, there were players who played worse than him in this game for sure, but I think of him now as one of the better players in the team and, and he didn't play like that. So yeah, I think I'll give a card to him as well. I think it's a great
0: shout. Um, I think he is harmed by the fact that he worked very hard to get into the plays because he often was the one working hard to get back and be a part of the play. And then when he got the ball, he didn't, he didn't make the most of it. So we saw a very, a very visual, bright representation of his failings and not a very bright representation of him getting into the play. But that doesn't matter. When you're in that position, eventually you need end product. And no matter how good you do in build up. Sooner or later, you have to get to the pointy end, and he did not do the pointy end. Yeah, I share Michael, that
2: perspective. On him? I thought there were worse performances out there tonight, but I do rate him highly, and I do believe that he's one of our better attackers on the team, so I have come to expect a certain level from him, and he did feel predictable. He was not dangerous.
0: Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say on him. All so right, Michael, I'm going to go card? with
2: Carujo, and uh, sorry, but I, I know that might be harsh. You only had 30 minutes, and he's he's probably feeling some pain right now, but it was not a very pretty 30 minutes. Uh, he gave the ball away quite a few times. He was just not fun to watch and build up. He was stripped off the ball uh, quite early, and that led to a pretty dangerous shot for Montreal. And uh we have come to expect this from him at least in his uh distribution. Um he's just he's prone to the occasional mistake. I don't feel comfortable when I'm watching him on the ball. Uh that being said, I hope he recovers soon. Uh we we're, we're light back there. We we need him back ASAP. And hopefully, when he does return, he can uh, turn my opinion around.
0: Yeah, this is one I'll weigh in on because I have traditionally been a Carujo defender. <laughs> um, hey, hey, Carujo, the defender, which uh, I rather enjoyed uh, the announcer calling him Carujo, but uh, <laughs> that should not be the most joyous part of a Charlotte FC game. I. Uh, This is a guy who we know is injured and we know is not fully fit. But I think at this point in time, we also know he's not the player to play distribution out of the back. He's a good defender. He's not a good progressor of the ball. And part of that is from injury issue. But part of that is just the player. And much like Christian Kalina, he is eventually you reach the point where he's just not the right guy for the role. And we either find him healthy and develop him as a player, or he's not the right guy for the role. So I think it's a good card. Uh, Ewan, thoughts on?
1: Yeah, I um, I mean, obviously, I, I'm lower on him than than most fans. Uh, I, I thought that the distribution stuff is a problem, but ultimately, I think it comes back to uh, your point, Logan. With the, uh, with the health of the team. And it just comes comes back to, like, you know, how fit is this guy? You know, he's come back from a major, major injury and he's been coming back with, you know, 60-minute substitutions, 65-minute substitutions, now comes off after, I think it was 35 minutes in this game. It's like, are we, are, are we sure this guy came back at the right time? Are we sure that another month wouldn't have been for the best? And it kind of lines up with the... And I believe this has been touched on before on the podcast lines up with the kind of desperate situation we got into in terms of defender availability. So is it possible that we maybe fast-tracked this because of the fact that we didn't have players available or we didn't have players who we trusted available? You'd hope that wasn't the case. And if I had to be pushed on it, I would probably say, no, it's not the case. They must have thought it was healthy, but they've ended up seemingly getting that wrong because it's ended up with this injury now. So I almost feel like at this stage just... You know, don't play him for the next two games. Don't play him for the next sort of two, three weeks. Just let him continue like an extended end point of uh, kind of last few weeks of rehab. Get this new injury that he's got if it is something uh, semi-serious sorted. And yeah, we'll, we'll have him back in the team in uh, you know just under a month's time where hopefully he is properly recovered. Yeah, that is going to go ahead and wrap us up.
0: Uh, Ewan, you have one sentence. Take us home. Um,
1: good luck against Messi <laughs>
2: <laughs> oof
1: my soul I
2: hate All to right, say Michael, it what's your Logan but I'm
0: feeling the apathy <laughs> uh, that's a <laughs> that Ouch. wasn't what I wanted um, that, wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to hear and my one sentence is going to be that wasn't what I wanted to see and on that Somewhat disappointing note, as ever, if you have managed to soldier your way through this one, audio challenges, team challenges, uh, psychological challenges, emotional challenges, mathematical challenges, whatever challenges you may have faced. We love you. Thank you so much. Uh, If you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter at the, uh, the underscore crown underscore cast and on Instagram at the underscore crown cast. Those might be reversed. My brain's not working great. But you can find uh, Ewan at on Twitter at stillness underscore speed and myself on Twitter at that underscore football you can guy. Me and Mike on, on Twitter, where at can people Hub find you likes. with two P. Amazing. So thank you all very <laughs> thank you all very much. And we will talk to you again when we break all this down on Wednesday. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com